You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. Hello, this is Nick Briggs, the voice of the Daleks, and you're listening to Transmissions from Gallifrey, and I urge you to listen, or you will be exterminated! For God's sake, Gallifrey stands! the places you're doing in here. How you've redecorated. I don't like it. Couldn't I just manage with K9? Eh? K9 is a mere machine. He's a very sensitive machine. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Castelbrus. I'm the Doctor. These are my new best friends, Ryan, Graham and Yaz. folks my name is jc delatory and i'm rita delatory and this is episode nine of transmissions from gallifrey and with us as always is dr scott figay scott say hello to the group hello everyone and we had a very interesting even stranger episode of doctor who this particular episode uh, before we get too far, uh, we always like to give a spoiler warning for our folks that are listening to our podcast for the first time. Spoilers. Uh, this podcast does indeed talk spoilers. We talk specific events that happen in this episode. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't watched the episode yet, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast just yet. You might want to go watch it and then come back and listen to us later. But before we get into that, I guess we can talk about last week's episode, The Witchfinders. Any thoughts after giving it a week of uh you know considering how the episode went so what did what did you what do you think of the witch finders a week after we watched it yeah same thing (laughs) (laughs) i will say that i you know on reflection i think alan cummings was absolutely amazing as king james i mean i don't like the necessarily the portrayal uh or the way they wrote king james but I thought Alan Cummings was absolutely hilarious. Oh, I love him. He's such a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's he he stole so many scenes in that particular episode that I, I think we we did a disservice to to Alan Cummings last week by not really mentioning his acting job because he he really was fantastic. Yeah, he was a strong guest actor and lots of fun. And I would love for him to show up again. I mean, after all, other uh, characters have have popped back up, so it would be great. Yeah, and I do know that uh, he was under consideration for Doctor Who for a while, um, as being the Doctor. He, I don't know if he was ever offered the position and turned it down, or what the deal was with that, but man, he would have made a great Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he, totally. I, I, he, I believe he would. Yeah, he, it's... He, he's still good, absolutely. Alright, so no changes for you, Rita, on which Winders? No, in fact, but I do agree with you on Alan Cummings. I think he was brilliant, and... Um, I would love to see him in the future. Yeah. Even as a doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, it's happened before, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, look at Capaldi. Uh, Colin uh, Colin Baker, uh, Peter Capaldi, all have had guest appearances in Doctor Who before they became the Doctor, so you never know. You never know. 
All right, so let's talk about this week's episode, episode nine of the series, which was called It Takes You Away, or as I like to call it, Dr. Stranger Things. <laughs> because? Because uh, they were kind of in like this upside down, inside out kind of weirdo place uh, this week. Well, well let, let's talk about how they got there in the first place. Yes. So we arrive in Norway. Yes. Ah, nice forward. <laughs> yep, nice forward. <laughs> and they encounter dun, 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 a spooky cabin in the woods. Yes. Because what else is there in Norway but scoop, uh, spooky cabins in the woods, right? <laughs> See, I was expecting if you're going to go to Norway, do something Norwegian, right? Have something to deal with trolls or have Vikings, <laughs> Vikings yes. or, or but, the but, state but, church. Or yeah, something? but if you think about it, you know, the whole thing with the Vikings and Thor, that was already done. Yeah, but I mean, but, well, come on. But the, the, the point well, is... Well, no, not just so, Stargate. It was done in Doctor Who with Capaldi's Doctor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. About that episode. Yeah, do we remember, <laughs> you know, me? Yeah, unfortunately. But, but, <laughs> but, but that that's the thing. is like, why go to Norway and then not do anything with Norway? Yeah. But, uh, because but they weren't in Norway, they were in Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> it sure looked like Vancouver. There are a lot of trees. Yeah, because, because uh, you know, my note for this episode is that it's, uh, that it's Cabin in the Woods meets It. <laughs> you know? So, let's see. So, we get to the cabin. They encounter the little girl. Uh, the fact that she was blind, I think, was rather predictable. Especially as soon as they asked her... You know, can you describe the monster? And she just kind of didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fact that she was also wearing uh, the sunglasses indoors. Yes, agreed. Okay, and I'm I seem to be doing all the talking now. Okay. Oh, oh, it, and and uh, Ryan obviously went to his one and only one character point about talking about absentee dads, right? So we yeah, got to, of course, because got, you know Ryan, up. yeah, Ryan has daddy issues. Of course, because, I mean, every single week we got to talk about, you know, Ryan's daddy issues. So we continue with the story, and all of a sudden it looks like the monster's about to come back. And what was, the name, what was the name of the villain uh, in this one? The Solatrack? Yeah, the Solatrack, that's right. The Solatrack. So okay. what, what did we think of the villain this week? It, I don't necessarily think it was a villain. I think the Sola Track used to be a part of our universe, but because our universe didn't make sense, the Sola Track got rejected. In a well, way. well, the way the doctor kind of explained it was that it did that the Sola Track, if we're pronouncing that right, I don't even, I don't even know because I couldn't really tell from her accent what what she was saying, but I think it was Sola Track. Uh, that apparently it didn't belong, right? So, right. it, so, so it got rejected from our universe and created like uh, an alternate universe that was uh, a mirror universe of our universe. And right, where it's alone for all eternity. And without the Solitrack, our universe was able to find its way, in, in other words. Uh, everything came into alignment and we, in essence, I guess, came out of the darkness. Yeah, it's yes. like all of a sudden all the laws of physics seem to work or something along those lines. Yeah, because yes. what, as as the solo track was in our universe, it kind of broke the universe, so the, the universe had to expel it out. I mean, I mean 
as a uh, as a bit of Doctor Who lore, I liked the idea that the Doctor had what was it, seven grandmothers or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, was, that and, was a and, nice little drop that, there. Huh? Yeah, that was kind of cool, and I like the, the I like the stories that you tell a Time Lord, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it always has to be from the the dawn of time. Yep. So that was kind of so that was cool, but it did feel like a gigantic info dump. Um, because really what this is, is just the nexus from Star Trek, uh, uh, what's it, Star Trek 7. Uh, you know, the whole idea that it gives you a idealized universe that it wants to keep you there, that, you yeah. know, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a trap. You know, it's not what you think it is, but, you know, you, in order to live, you have to say goodbye to the thing you, you lost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an old, old story, and it's been told like a thousand times. Doctor Who's take on it this time is fine. Yep. But it's almost like they needed to come up with a reason for it to happen, and then they ended up with this uh, four-page info dump that happens uh, <laughs> right. all at the end. You give this all this backstory and all these other things going on, and and you're like, okay, I mean, I get it, you know, it's, it's all right. So as a uh, so as a as a character, it just seems like uh, like what Rhea says, it's a lonely entity more than yeah. an adversary. Yeah. In fact, probably the moths were a bigger adversary. Yes. And, and and here's the thing. Okay, so the that anti-space area, or you know, the the Doctor Who upside down. Yeah. Uh, that was created by the Solitrack as a uh, a pathway from their universe to the Solitrack's universe. Yes, the Doctor Strange zone. The Doctor Strange zone. Okay, that's what we're gonna call it now. The Doctor Strange zone. I the like Doctor it. Strange. I like zone. it. I like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That didn't make quite enough sense to me. First, you had a humanoid entity uh, with knives, with the uh, knowledge to speak English, with the concept well, everybody of speaks English in the universe, economy right? and trade. <laughs> it, it, it almost made it seem like there should have been other entities also living there. Yeah. Yeah, like, like this is where the trolls should have come in, right? The idea, yeah. Yeah, the idea that he was bartering. You know, what it is is this is a little bit of mythology. Like, you know, hey, well, the creature will will tell you what you need to go on your quest, but only if you give up the thing you you uh, hold most dear. So the Sonic right. screwdriver, right? Yep. You know, and I you know I love my Sonic. Oh, now I have to give up my Sonic. So it was classic fairy tale in that regard. Very but true. It, but it's it, uh, but and then also with the the, the balloon lights. The red balloon lights immediately screamed it to me. I, I don't know. I mean, I was the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, but it also seemed kind of odd because uh, when Ryan and the girl go through, he's not there, so they don't really need him. Uh, it, you know, it was like they had a ferryman or a guide, but they didn't need it all the time, so that was a little odd. Yeah, it was odd, th- yeah. That's why I felt like the, the, humano- the humanoid uh, alien and the moths were kind of pointless. I mean, they're, well, they there were was... pointless. They were they were plot drivers. I mean, they they got the doctor from point A to point B, but uh, it it was just kind of something to to add a little action to this. Yeah, kinda... but it, it, it's contrived because it didn't make any sense. But, but without it, it's a pretty boring Doctor Who episode. True, but they never explained why these things were there at all. Yeah, she did. She totally did. She basically said that. Because there's that universe and this universe that this anti-universe is is the uh, is created as as a byproduct of it. And, right, it's a pressure valve, and it's going to yeah. have crazy things like that in it. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's, that's about as far as it goes with that. Yeah. And you know, with with the, with the but I liked, uh, I, I but I think Jason's right. It, without that sequence. 
there really isn't a whole lot of tension. So it's kind of, and especially if you think about the world of the of reality versus the world of the of uh, the uh, mirror universe, you know, what, by the time you get through all that darkness and the running around and the adrenaline, and then all of a sudden you get to the what seems like very peaceful, where it's sun is shining, the birds mm-hmm. are singing, and all that sort of stuff. It's yep. it's like you you went through the chaos to peace, and at least yep. that was the trap anyway, you know. Yep. And your dead loved ones return, and you know mm-hmm. you're happy and. Uh, one uh, one thing that I kind of thought of while I was watching, you know, uh, the Doctor Strange Zone, was I was thinking back to uh, the Doctor's wife and the Pocket Universe, mm-hmm. and it kind of re- reminded me a little bit of that, you know, uh, where it it wasn't quite another universe; it was just kind of the, the in between. Actually, I was going back and thinking about the Battle of Canary Wharf and the Void. Yeah, yeah, oh, the void. yeah, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, yeah. what did you guys think of the dad in this episode? Deadbeat. Yeah, oh, he was. A, oh, he was. He I was, mean, I'm sorry. I don't care if you just found your dead wife. You don't abandon your child, your blind child, by the way, for days on end, and, and her. And not only that, you to keep her cooped up in the cabin. You put a scary monster sound outside. What kind right? of deranged right, dude right. is that? Right, right. I'm like, that is freaking <laughs> mental abuse of the highest order. I'm like, oh. what is this guy doing? Yeah, I, I would be like, okay, we're going to be calling Child Protective Services. Right? Yeah, because it's not just, hey, you know, I've fallen into my despair. I've fallen into my grief. I'm not answering the phone. I've, you know, I've literally picked up and moved away into the mountains to move away from all things that remind me of everything. Yep, right? And I'm terrifying my daughter so that she doesn't leave the cabin. I mean, right, right. It, it was, uh, it, are we sure the doctor did the right thing by by reuniting the two of them together? Right? I'm not right, too I mean, sure. And, and this, is the thing, this is the thing I don't get. It's like, you know, alright, so you found a way to, to reconnect with your wife. Alright, you can see the trap. You can see how somebody who's completely lost in all that could, could get sucked in. Why didn't he take his child with them? Obviously, they could bring right. people from here to there, and and he never even thought of it at all. No, 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 no. He'd rather go ahead and get a stereo system that's going to go out into <laughs> the wilderness and terrorize his daughter instead of right. taking him with her. Oh my God! Right? That yeah. Was yeah. Messed up. Yeah, that was messed up. Hey, hey, Scott, did you notice the father's T-shirt? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, where where it kind of had it was backwards in the mirror universe, and then it was straight in the regular universe, yep. which I thought was a a very cool, uh, you know, tiny little thing that makes lets you knew that it was in the mirror universe. And and, yep. and it's funny because they don't mention it at all on the show. Yeah. No, no it's something to to pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. Good good eye reader. That was that was excellent. Well, it wasn't just me. Uh, Jason noticed I it I pointed first. it out during the episode, but oh, she just well. stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good eye, guys. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. And it was a, a, a cute little uh, a little bit. In fact, uh, you could see where maybe people will be cosplaying stuff like that in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. And I think maybe this is the first time we actually saw uh, Ryan dealing with his coordination issue because he got so disoriented in the Doctor Strange zone. Yeah. But they also didn't mention it. Yes. It's great. It's like you don't have to mention it. Yeah, they didn't they didn't lantern it, which was finally, finally a Doctor Who writer in this particular season that doesn't say, Oh, by the way, I have coordination issues. 
right, okay, right. Thank you. Thank you. We, we, we couldn't get past the daddy ones, but at least the coordination one was more natural. <laughs> right. exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what can you do? You can't have them, you can't have them at all. Actually, yeah. my, my big note is I, I really liked the doctor in this one. Yes. Uh, the the, the bit at the beginning is a little funky. Why don't you just check the the, uh, the Why don't you just check the coordinates as to where you are? Right? No, no, no. The doctor's got to eat scat or or dirt. <laughs> right. No, I don't want to know where she was eating. The yeah, doctor has to be weird. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor's gonna be weird. Okay, fine. Um, but uh, the but she was persuasive this time for the first time all season. Episode yes. nine. Finally, she yep. has the big speech with the. The big bad of the of the episode, or the thing that she needs to convince, and she does it, and it works. Yep. Thank you, finally. Uh, and it, it's not that you know it, it should have been a big struggle, but it looked natural here. It actually worked yes. here. Yeah. And, and well, I totally agree with that. I still do, on on the level of speeches of the speeches that Capaldi has given and speeches that Matt Smith has definitely given. Uh, it's, and David Tennant. And Tennant. It was still pretty weak for a speech. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, no. It, it's not going to be one that anyone's going to remember or quote. It, yeah. It's it's not like, uh, you know, hello, Stonehenge. Or yes, anything like exactly, that. right. The <laughs> ones that are memorable, you know. Uh, I'm Time Lord, you know. Right. <laughs> kind of yeah, right. right, right. You're just a rabbit. Yes. <laughs> and you're just a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not anywhere like that, but it got the doctory part across. Yes, and agreed. and and you know, thank God, you know. So uh, that was a highlight for me for that. You know, uh, it, it, I think it was about bloody time, and it it uh, it made it feel good. And then the other note I have is Graham being always prepared with a sandwich. Yes. Uh, <laughs> on on the other podcasts that I uh, do with with Calliope, um, the Articles of the Shower Proclamation, she has this thing what's called the Doctor's Pocket Project. And so every time the Doctor pulls something out of her pocket, uh, the, you know, she talks about when, where we've seen it before, or is it new, or, you know, what's odd in the Doctor's pockets this week. Right. And, and and now it's like, well, you know, we're going to have to have the Graham Pocket Project. Yeah. Just, you know, and, and, uh, and okay, the fact that he pulls a sandwich out of his pocket, he's a total Hufflepuff. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and uh very doctory too uh you know yes. it's like you know if, if the doctor's not going to do it uh now graham's doing it where he's you know better prepared you know and i love that it's like well we do go quite a long time without eating i mean what a wonderful, <laughs> way, wonderful way to put a <laughs> on that you know that's pretty cool yeah and i guess that goes to uh another uh, another check mark to debbie's theory that graham is a better doctor than than the doctors oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep Although, I mean, I, going back to your point about uh, the Doctor being more the Doctor, finally, the Doctor wins. Yeah. Right? She's lost so many times this, this year, you know, where, uh, you know, what she did really didn't have much of an impact at all. Right. But this time, all the decisions that she made, you know, and the big speech at the end, it finally got her a win. Yeah. Yeah, and she was clever. I mean, I liked the part where she tells everybody, oh, it's a map uh, to the weak points in the house, but it's actually a message to Graham. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, and good on the on the girl for realizing that she was writing something. That's even right. better. 
I mean, yeah. someone who's yeah. blind can probably tell the difference. And so I'm glad she did. That's a way of showing an adaptation of a disability, by the way, um, if anyone's paying attention to that. Yes. But, but, um, but it was clever on the doctor to do that. And, and that level of cleverness really hasn't been shown that often this year. Mm -hmm. So it was a good little character bump for me. Yep. And oh, by the way, uh, Chalk uh, kind of is a harken back to Capaldi. So mm -hmm. that was kind of a nice little uh, uh, reminder of, of where we've been. So that was kind of nice. Yep. Uh, we also did get a Zygon reference too. So uh, <laughs> that, was, that was good as well. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yep. I felt so bad for Graham because yeah oh yeah he, Nan coming back oh Nan my gosh coming back and he wanted so hard to believe that she was real but he was fighting it at the same time too because yeah. he knew that she wasn't real she couldn't be she couldn't be yeah and but at the same time it's like you can just see him in so much pain because and it was a struggle because i mean the entity uh did such a good job of mining his mind for all the things that would nan would be you know and and, and he, what was it he said he's like why are you doing this to me yeah because it, it all it's all it was doing was causing him more pain yep and you know at some point he was actually believing that it was her until she said oh ryan will be okay don't worry about ryan Right. <laughs> and, and that was the giveaway. Yeah, because Nan w would never have said anything like yeah. that. I, I, I really liked it, too. Um, and I liked the actors coming back to, to have more than just a ghost appearance. Um, I thought that that was, was great. I think it also, it kind of wraps up Graham's storyline a little bit be for at least this year. Whatever the mm -hmm. arc is for this year. Because... Yes. because um, he's now kind of at peace with it a little bit more similar Agreed. to the father in this episode where they moved away they couldn't stay where they were because the memories were too bad that's right. exactly the reason why the Graham went with the doctor at the beginning of this season he couldn't stay at home so now that's kind of been brought back a little bit and then yep. of course at the very very end uh, where ryan calls him grandpa uh yeah. that's that literally is the last little piece uh, and hopefully the the season one storyline for Graham and Ryan on that issue is now done. Yes, we can only hope. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say this was probably a Yaz light episode. There wasn't much for Yaz to do in this particular episode. Yeah, no. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with, with that many people in the TARDIS is that there's always going to be one character that's going to be kind of left behind. Yeah, and I think this kind was of her in the episode. background. Yeah, this was her episode this week. Yeah, so, some... There was one or two episodes where that was balanced out, and then there are some episodes where either Ryan was in the forefront, or Graham, or or Yaz, or Yaz. Yep. So, but this one, uh, it was definitely more Ryan and Graham. Yeah, I guess we can go ahead and rate this particular episode. I don't know why I keep saying particular so much. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. All right. Uh, so, Scott, what is your particular view on this episode? <laughs> what would you like to rate it? I think I'm going to give it an eight. I th it, it, and that's a little high. It's not necessarily for the plot, um, although it was a, a good sci-fi plot. Um, I think it was because I really liked the direction the Doctor was going in this episode, and that uh, I, it's an encouragement bump. I mean, it, uh, and so where it would have been a seven for me, I gave it an eight because of that. Okay, I am going to give it a seven, but I definitely do agree with you. I thought the Doctor was strong in this particular episode. I. 
again, there's particular. Oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> I don't think that the writers used all the companions to the best of their ability. So I think that's kind of why I bumped it down a little bit. Like Rita said, I thought that the Doctor Strange zone was a little bit contrived and it was just a plot device to kind of move the, give it a little action and move it along. But other than that, I thought it was a good sci-fi episode. I thought it was a good Doctor Who episode. So uh, yeah, seven for me. Um, I think I'm also going to give it a seven. I did enjoy the episode, but I really didn't like the father figure. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. a piece of, of work. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is a piece of work. I understand that he's grieving over the death of his wife, but... Yeah, do, doing that to his daughter but, is a little bit demented. Yeah, that, that that was some serious mental abuse yeah. going on right there. I mean... His handicapped daughter, by the way. His handicapped blind daughter. It's like, oh my gosh. You, if you found a mirror universe where your wife is alive, you take your daughter with you. You yeah. don't just leave her behind and terrify her, you yeah. know, to the point of insanity. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. Because when they found her at the beginning of the episode, she looked like she was, she was just terrified. About, she was she terrified. She was totally terrified. And seriously traumatized. Yeah, it was messed up. I would have reported his butt. <laughs> yep. So obviously next week is the season finale for Doctor Who. Boo. Yeah, unfortunately, it went quick, didn't it, guys? Oh my gosh. Yeah, went way too quick. Yep. Unfortunately, we will not have an instant cast next week because, but we, but stay with us because we do have a good valid reason as to why. Uh, we will be actually at the Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival with our film, Secrets of the Lost World, which will be uh, having a showing there at the film festival. Yep, at the Villaggio in Tampa at 5.55 p.m. Yep, next Sunday. So if you are in the Tampa Bay area and want to come check out the Seekers of the Lost World film that we've been talking so much about on this podcast and previous podcasts that we've been on, uh, it this would be a great opportunity. They gave us a great write-up uh, on the on their website. You know, we're very very honored to be part of this this film festival, and it's our in our own backyard, our own stopping ground. So yep, and I think this is one of the last film festivals we're participating yeah. in. So this might be your last chance to see it on the big screen. Yeah, on the big screen. This probably is going to be the last opportunity because I don't. I don't think we have any more film festivals that we're going to be taking it to. So definitely check it out. If you want some more information on that, just uh, search on Facebook for Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival or go to their site, which I believe is tbuff.org, T-B-U-F-F.org, or it might be .com, I don't know. But but it's it's definitely one of the two. We'll have a link in, in our uh, show notes. But that's going to unfortunately prevent us from having the instant cast. But we will have a podcast next week. It just will probably be on Monday instead of uh, Sunday night. So uh, we're going to be a day late, but we're still going to give you as rapid a reaction to the season finale of Series 11 of Doctor Who as as rapid as we can, right? Rapidly. Rapidly. <laughs> Particularly. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> and of course, there is going to be the New Year's Eve episode, which that will be, I believe, our last podcast for Doctor Who for this season. Yep, I don't think it's New Year's Eve. I think it's New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, which will be our last podcast for for Doctor Who for that's going to be on iTunes. We will be having a season wrap up show that we're going to make Patreon only. So it's going to be a Patreon only exclusive where. 
Uh, Scott, Rita, and I will be reviewing the season. And maybe Debbie, if we can get her to join. And maybe Debbie, if we can get her to join. And talk about our favorite episodes, our uh, least favorite episodes, our best moments, our Jean-Luc Picard facepalm parts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have a a few candidates for that. Uh, Some of them may be eight-legged, but, you know... (laughs) Uh, yeah, so definitely a lot of reflection, but that's going to be a Patreon-only episode. So those of you that are that are patrons for our Patreon uh, will have the opportunity to hear that podcast. But other than that, uh, New Year's Day will be our last podcast for the season until uh, the next one. So, so that's the kind of the schedule that's coming up. And also next week, to entice you to come, even though we're not going to be instant casting... We're going to have a special preview of Vampires of Whitechapel. Yes, the, dun, new, dun, dun. the new audio drama that is going to be produced by Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. It's coming, folks. It's going to be coming very soon. And we're hoping for a December release, but it's more likely going to be January. But we're pushing for December. But I don't necessarily want to release a vampire series on Christmas. The week of Christmas, so <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work out, but we're gonna we're trying like heck to, to get it out this month, but uh, we definitely want to give you the best episode that we can possibly give you, so if it takes a few more weeks to finish it up, then it is what it is, you know, but we're definitely going to have a specific schedule, it's going to be on a monthly schedule, it's going to be every month, and we're going to have a preview, so it's going to be fun, it should be fun, so that's it. Alonzi. Alonzi. Say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, everybody. Alonzi. I should say Alonzi more often. Alonzi. Look sharp, Rose Tyler. Alonzi. And then it would be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo. Because then I could say Alonzi, Alonzo every time. She wants to dance like broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder.